The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber. Welcome to 2022. Starting the way last year ended with some decent pre-market gains. Big week of data is on the way. Jobs Friday, of course. A bond market is closed along with China, Japan, UK and Canada. Our roadmap begins with the first trading day of the year. Looking to build on last year's rally. All three indices coming off their third positive year in a row. Plus, Tesla shares are surging in the pre-market. This after reporting record Q4 deliveries. And it's another nightmare week for passengers in the air. More than 13,000 U.S. flights canceled from Christmas Eve through New Year's Day. Carl. Guys, got me and Jim back at the exchange. David's going to join us, I imagine, in the coming days. But it is a comment on how corporates are navigating this uh, pandemic, Jim, and the way in which it's gotten guys like you and me. Yeah, look, I think that a lot of us uh, didn't know we had it until we tested uh, I do believe that it's going to set back the economy in part because no one knows. Look, the airlines being the extreme, no one knows what's going to happen. I mean, is a flight of flights at five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, then canceled. I, the, everyone going back to home. It's just not a normal time. And, David, when it's not a normal time, that does not make business accelerate. It makes business decelerate and causes, obviously, more supply chain problems. Yeah, I think, you know, listen, what we're looking at right here is a reflection of management's doing the best they can and a lot of it not making any sense. Um, I noticed <laughs> you guys are eight feet apart. I guess that's one reason why I'm not with you. You both had the virus. Right. I haven't. Right. You can't give it to me. Right. I can't necessarily give it to you, but we're not together. Listen, management's doing the best right. they can here, trying to keep everybody safe. I'm alone. My internet's not working, by the way. So just uh, to let people <laughs> well, that's know, impressive. they literally well, won't Carl let anybody can't, near right, me. Carl can't give it to me. No, I can't give it to Carl. Yeah, uh, I can't give it to you. No. Um, so you should be next to me. Yes. Uh, there's no reason for you not to be next no. to me. None whatsoever. Other than the fact that I got a memo saying you're not going to be next to me. Right. So but that memo has prevailed. And that's why you're not next to me. Correct. So, David. Lots of luck. <laughs> Thank you. But, it, you know, to be fair, it is reflective, I think, Carl, of the uh, the difficult time managements all over are trying to have in terms of grappling with the latest wave. Uh, the Omicron, as we know, thankfully, uh, is a milder uh, variant. Uh, and many people who are fully vaccinated are barely getting sick, thankfully. But nonetheless, it is spreading so quickly, as you uh, guys well know, uh, that, you know, everybody uh, in management uh, grappling, schools grappling with how to deal with it. Some applying the lessons of a year ago, which doesn't seem quite right, but everybody trying to figure things out, which ends up with me alone in a giant studio here in EC and you guys eight feet apart at the NYC. Yeah. Well, I'll figure it out for you if we have it and everyone's getting it and you can't tell from PCR because people are doing antigen. We're getting the first break that we've had in this in this pandemic. Uh, I do think that what people haven't talked about is that you can test PCR negative in the morning and then turn positive in the afternoon, which means either that you could get it the day before and the PCR didn't pick it up, 
which is, Carl, I'm sorry that I, I gave it to you. I didn't know I had it. Uh, but no one talks about the fact that the tests don't really work. Uh, we just all kind of think the tests must work. But everyone has Omicron because the tests don't work, because you can't tell if you have it. And we all continue with this giant charade of testing, and no one comes on, no doctor comes on and says, hey, listen, the tests don't work, because you can get, you can get it midday if you tested negative PCR. Now, Carl, I think people don't say anything because no one tends to want to know anything. No one wants to stick their neck out. Yeah. I did so much research on how I got it, having gotten a PCR test that, the, at 10 and got the disease at 6, that the answer is, is that everything a doctor says is dumb as wood. Uh, and they won't admit it. No one will admit that the PCR test does not work. Uh, it's a definite fog of war uh, dynamic. Right. Even uh, Gottlieb this morning, guys, on Squawk, saying maybe we're catching one of every 10 cases at this point, uh, given the spread and all the unreported yes. antigen tests. But uh, we are working on it, along with all the banks and businesses, like you and David said. As for markets, we are heading into the first trading session of the year, after a year in which the S&P led the major indices with a 27% gain. But the variant, uh, the outbreak, the surge remain in focus. Yesterday on CNN, Dr. Fauci weighed in on the disruptive nature of this virus. When I say major disruptions, you are certainly going to see stresses on the system and the system being people with any kind of jobs, Dana, but particularly with critical jobs to keep society functioning normally. We already know that there are reports from fire departments, from uh, police departments in different cities that they're 10, 20, 25, and sometimes 30 percent of the people are ill. That's something that we're going to need to be concerned about. Got Goldman and Jeffries today with updated guidance, asking people to work from home at least to the end of the month. Um, United, I saw this morning, offering some pilots Jim triple pay. Yeah, look, th- these are all things that indicate that everything's going to be haywire for, for Q1. Uh, I do think, David, that if you uh, aggressively raise rates, you'll be coming in right at a time when everything's so distorted that it would make no sense. Uh, but I'm sure there will people come on air and say, well, you know, the economy's red hot. Fed has to tighten. The economy is not red hot. The economy is just completely stalled because we don't know who's going to show up to work or not. And it's very difficult to organize shifts if you don't know. Now, you can see, David, that, that there's clairvoyance and that maybe we're going to burn through this thing. But we're really burned through it in New York. And I want to know if everybody burns through it around the country. Well, that's a key question. I mean, we all listen to Dr. Gottlieb, who was, uh, uh, of course, as we know, on our air not long ago on Squawk Box. And, Jim, he did indicate his expectation that it will be only a couple of weeks uh, and perhaps even by the end of the month, certainly in the New York area or, and or other areas of the country that are already seeing significant case counts um, before this thing starts to really uh, trend downward. Take a listen. We've said this before, so I, I, I appreciate there's diminished credibility, but this is not going to last very long. Um, we're going to be in the throes of this wave of infection for maybe a month. Here in the Northeast, I think you're going to see infections peak out within the next two weeks. So hopefully New York City does find a peak within the next two weeks. London, which is about two to three weeks behind New York City, has already peaked and is probably on the way down. So this is a very fast-moving wave of infection. On the back end of this, hopefully we're done with COVID for a while. We'll have enough immunity in the population between vaccination or infections. All right. So, uh, you know, Powell's listening to Gottlieb. What's he thinking, Jim? Well, look, we have we're obviously going toward herd immunity. People don't want to use that term because it turned out that we never had it and we kind of blew it. All the stuff that people said would happen was wrong, as Dr. Gottlieb said, and now it's probably going to be right. Um, I'm just saying that 
Let's say you're a, a retail, you're, you're a salesperson selling homes. Well, there's a good chance that you're sick. And you're, not, you're going to cancel that. Homes have been the single greatest source uh, of the upside to this economy. One look at Lenore and Tobro, this will tell you that. So, Carl, I mean, I just think the salespeople aren't going to be there, the lawyers, everyone's the accountants. People are sick. And uh, it's rolling. But you have to hold up. You have five days. I, mean, I always look at the NFL. I mean, there's so many people who you just say, oh, it's the COVID list. That guy's on the COVID list. Oh, uh, Carson Wentz came back from the COVID list. COVID list, I mean, the COVID list just reads like a, 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 a triage, the hospital. So I think we all have to recognize that we got to burn through it first. Um, and the, the organization that has been the best at trying to keep COVID down, uh, the NFL, obviously can't test for it correctly. You think that actually shows up in Fed communication? This I, idea that Q1's a sort of a write-off? Well, if it doesn't, it should. Uh, I think Powell's pretty smart. He's smarter than the people who advise him. Uh, but I do think that if you if you try to figure out how many truckers are going to work, how many trains are going to... I mean, if you think the airlines are understaffed, what do you think that Norfolk Southern's not understaffed? I mean, everybody's going to be understaffed. Nobody really knows the shift. I'll give you a class example. My restaurant, okay? So, I mean, like, you know... People, someone catches COVID, whatever, you just say, okay, we got to close. And everyone's closed on the whole block. And then everyone's closed the next three blocks. No one's open. And it's like, and that's been duplicated because I check all over the place. It's not, it's just what's happening and it's going to happen in the rest of the country. So it's really hard to have good sales when you are closed. (laughs) It is. You don't do as well when you're closed as when you're open. Uh, it's well said, and it's something uh, policymakers. I mean, the data is going to keep coming. The inflation oh, yeah. data is not going to get, not going to wait. So we're no. going to put up with some hot prints. Absolutely, yeah. but I just think that Jay Powell is going to say to himself, "All right, um, I have looked at this thing. People aren't coming to work. It's obvious that it's a strain on the system." And David, when you look at the strain on the system, it's just the day. The people who compile data in this country are, are like they're using stuff that we would never use. I mean, we have like real time data. There's like a half dozen companies that do nothing but real time data. And their stocks, by the way, were all awful in the second in the uh, second half. Yep. But these are companies that w- let you know at two o'clock whether there's someone working. But the compilation is by weekly. Now, uh, I know we spoke to the Labor Department, try to get them to kind of upgrade. But, you know, to upgrade, David, would mean that we would actually have a better sense about the shutdown of the country. And once again, it's not mandated by government. So the people like say, oh, it's the government. No, it's mandated by your it's mandated by your Abbott test. Yeah, you, you it is. Stay uh, home. Un, uh, and you have to until such time as you no longer do. I mean, I guess you have to introduce right. that as a possibility at some point, Jim, that we just forge ahead. Certainly, if you've been triple vaccinated, uh, it would seem, and Dr. Gottlieb confirms this, the chances that you're going to end up in the hospital are very, very low, uh, as low as they are with the flu. And we don't treat right. the flu uh, like we do this. Now, obviously, this is much more contagious. But again, I do wonder whether we at some point just even the mayor of New York City kind of indicated it today. It's like things just got to go on. You know, they've got to go on. Yes. Uh, and at some point, we just can't keep stopping. Right. I, look, I think that this is uh, when I hear people get it. Okay, I mean, a couple of my friends got it yesterday. I say, all right, you know, have a good four days. I'll talk to you later. All right. and, and then they say, well, listen, we only knew it because you told us to test every day. 
I mean Abbott Labs. What an annuity for Abbott Labs. Uh, Chapel Trust name. But <laughs> I, I, I do think that uh, there are a lot of people who just say, you know what, good that the CDC shorted five days. Because on day six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I'm just watching a lot of TV. There's nothing on. Succession, maybe Yellowstone. I mean, the whole, country, the whole country's watching Yellowstone in season three succession. I mean, there's not a lot of work done. Yeah, de- we are definitely going to watch Netflix subs this coming quarter. Oh, my God. I mean, like, you know, that, if J-Pal wants to know what's really going on, right? I mean, let's just say look at Netflix numbers. Because nobody, like you're sitting day five, you feel really terrific. Hey, day two, you feel really terrific. But, you know, we've got these protocols. Yes. And, and we do need health care. I'm not minimizing people get really sick. But at the same time. Um, you don't know that you're sick, and yet you got to stay home. You really want to do some work. If you can't work from home, then you watch a lot of TV. And, you know, I, how many times can you watch some of these shows? <laughs> uh, to Jim's point, obviously this is affecting the airlines in a big way. Rough start to the new year for that industry as the Omicron outbreak does result in thousands of flight cancellations during the season. Our Phil Lebeau joins us with uh, some updated numbers this morning. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl, not good numbers in terms of cancellations. Look, there have been more than 15,000, 15,000 flights canceled over the last 10 days of last year, all the way into the beginning of this year. And it continues this morning. These are the latest numbers from FlightAware. More than 1,800 flights canceled today. That number is going to probably increase a little bit more. Yesterday, 2,400, 2,700 on Saturday. We've seen this day after day after day. And this is mainly because you've got two things happening. You've got staffing shortages because of the COVID uh, Uh, the Omicron variant that has been hitting the airlines hard in terms of pilots, flight crews, maintenance crews, you name it, they're being impacted. And at the same time, you've got some winter weather. Put those together, and this is why you have the airline stocks under pressure, but not as much pressure as I think people might be expecting, given all the cancellations that we've seen. In fact, look, they're indicating higher this morning, guys. Why? Increasingly, when you talk with analysts, when you talk with people who are looking at the airlines, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah, we knew the first quarter was going to probably not be great. Okay, so it'll be worse than what we were expecting. But is it the end of the world? No. Many believe that it will get better in the summertime once you get past this wave of Omicron. You do have the airlines that have had some impact. you got United Airlines tripling the pay for its pilots to pick up an extra flight in January. That's one way that they're dealing with the shortages in in terms of staffing. Then you've got JetBlue. It has cut back its flights by, what, 1,200 all the way through January 13th. Robin Hayes putting out a note to the staff over the weekend saying that the next few weeks will be tough. And that's because of Omicron and what's happening with staffing shortages at the airlines. But again, we're seeing a number of the airlines indicate slightly higher. And it makes you wonder, guys, if Perhaps we're seeing a bottom here for the airline stocks, at least near term, that people are saying, we knew that January and February were not going to be great. Okay, it's going to be worse than we were expecting. Let's look out to the second quarter and third quarter. You know, Phil, your stuff has been spot on. Uh, And I agree that we could get a bottom in consumer travel. But J.P. Morgan, Michael Semble, has put out an amazing piece this weekend called Reflation Endgame. And he just basically said, look, business travel, it's just not going to happen. And business travel is 12 percent, but it's just a gigantic amount of their profits. So, Phil, like what happens? You know, look, if Goldman, they can't go to work at their office. They're not flying. And and I can't believe that they're not a microcosm. What's going to happen to business travel? I think near term, it gets pushed out even further. And we're starting to hear that uh, when you talk with the airline executives, they say it's going to be a little more of a challenge than we thought it would be in terms of corporate travel. But, Jim, I believe 
And you saw this in the fall when you start to see offices open up, when you start to see more people going into the office, you start to see an increase in corporate travel. And I think that's likely what we're going to see in the first half of this year. Does that mean that you're going to see corporate travel come back all the way to where it was pre-pandemic? That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is the, the indication, and it's a small sample size, but the indication is if you go back over to last quarter, when the offices reopen, you start to see an increase in corporate travel. Yeah, CES was a good example, Phil, of, uh, of a conference that they tried to hold, and then a lot of the attendees said, uh-uh, not yet. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Our Phil LeBeau uh, joining us on Airlines. When we come back, record delivery numbers sending uh, Tesla shares off to a fast start in the new year. And in the next hour, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot on her strategy for battling the outbreak in the Windy City. Take a look at the pre-market here. Got a bunch of calls to start the new year, including Nike, PayPal, McDonald's, Starbucks, bunch of names on chips and software out of Goldman. More Squawk on the Street is straight ahead. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Tesla's up sharply in the pre-market after announcing it delivered more than 308,000 vehicles in Q4. That is a quarterly record, well above consensus. And for 2021, deliveries exceeded 936,000. That's up from the previous year, Jim, of about half a million. Uh, pretty good return in the face of all of the uh, supply chain challenges. Yeah, and, and Phil had a really good report today saying, look, you're going to hear about Volkswagen has an EV. I know that Ford uh, has the EV for the Lightning F-150. But the, the problem is, those guys just don't seem to make cars, I think, four-wheel trucks, that compete. So I know that there's this uh, very good analysis by Tony Saganegi saying each car's worth a million. That's not true. You're, you're thinking about, at this rate, in 2025, will the, this company be making 10 million cars? That's how you have to look at it. And 10 million cars with, with high... with the gross margins here are great. I mean, where is, where is the supply chain problem when it comes to the full-featured semis? They're not there. So, I mean, some of it, yes, is the magic of the man. But don't look at this thing as a standing target because look at what, like NVIDIA. NVIDIA, if you looked at it, it was always really expensive. And then if you went back, it turned out to be not expensive. Will each car come down to being like 300000 Don't look at it by car. Look at it at what he can create and then look at it at the after 
Uh, maybe there's more to it. Look at it at, uh, at, at customer loyalty and just make a point that it's a great technology company. And technology companies do not tend to be valued by units. Uh, today, DB goes to 1,200 uh, from 1,000. And uh, last week, Jim, in your absence, we made note of uh, Ford's market cap surpassing GM's. Yes. Now, I know Jim Farley, who I'm in constant communication with, uh, including the ads, because I had not like the ads. And he's so glad that we can stop saying that, well, wait a second, that's worth 10 Fords because his company's finally worth more of something. Now, 2022 is pivotal for Ford because they have to get the uh, truck ahead of uh, out of Musk. And, and, and David, when I look at Ford, what you basically see, let's say they do 250 to 300,000 EV this year. The um, internal combustion engine is valued at negative one. I mean, <laughs> how bad is that thing? As an, as an entity. Have you ever seen something worth less than an internal combustion engine? Uh, we should let our viewers know that you're kind of making light of that, uh, indicating at least that this stock, I guess, in your opinion, is what, cheap? Well, look, if you just close the IC, they're not going to do this. But if you close the IC, then suddenly you would get a valuation that's a lot more like, uh, like Lucid or, yeah. or, or, or Rivian. I would yeah. say, oh, a huge chunk of David. What I'm saying is, is that Lucid is at 62 billion. I think they may have made 300 cars, maybe 300 cars. Okay, and Ford is at 83 billion, and they'll make millions of cars. But their cars are their internal combustion engine. Their trucks are internal combustion. So I'm just looking at Lucid. I'm I'm looking at Rivian, and I'm looking at Ford, and I'm looking at Farley, and saying, are you kidding? Yeah. You don't think Jim Farley's saying that? Uh, he may be. Listen, Carl, the, the transition is happening, and at some point we'll have to get bigger numbers on just how quickly, perhaps moving faster. The Chinese EV makers as well, and we'll get to them when we start talking stocks a bit later, uh, all up as well because of strong deliveries in December. So there are a lot of EVs being sold worldwide right now. That's true. Uh, Norway. Uh, Norway. The, for their figures of the year, 65% of the market's EVs. What happens 65. when they have a, they had like a snowstorm there and every all of them shut down yep. for heaven's sake? Yep. Still, still to come this morning, uh, Kramer's first mad dash of the year as we count down to the opening bell. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. <laughs> Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart Pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to <laughs> sneeze at. <laughs> I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. A couple of cool statistics about the first week of a new calendar year. Uh, in January, first week has been up for the S&P 11 of the past 13 years uh, for an average of 1.6%. And in fact, 23 of the last 26 first weeks of the month. Opening bell, just a couple minutes away. 
Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Well, Carl, I, I thought there was an astonishing note this morning. Bank of America says, listen, it's time to buy Citi. I say astonishing because Citi's at 61. Now, tangible book value is somewhere we, you know, we don't even know where it is anymore. I mean, keep hearing that it's, say, 78. Uh, they haven't been able to buy back stock. There was an issue. They dr- dropped a bomb at the end of the year about buying back stock. Should be able to buy back this year. But the reason why I say this is because people don't understand, and I'm not a big fan of Citi. But I do think that Jane Frazier is doing a good job. That there are stocks that are so it sells at five times earnings, and, and so well, there are many people who come in and say, "Look, everything is too expensive after things ran." But Carl, the one thing I would say is, no, there's a lot of stocks that didn't run. City being a great example, and the big technology companies were responsible for a lot of the gains. And there's a lot of software as a service and IPO stocks that are just crushing us. So I look at City and I think, wow. I mean, biggest discount I've seen to tangible book since Glenn Fed and CalFed. Those, of course, ended badly. I don't think this will end as badly. Um, got, Wells got an upgrade over at Barclays. Yep. Uh, Charlie Sharf. Yep. This um, is year. Uh, but people are arguing you're going to need to see less curve flattening. Uh, in order for a lot of these financials to do really well. Absolutely. You're also going to have to see uh, both regulatory problems cured at both City and Wells. I think Wells is far ahead of that. Charlie Sharp needs to take out a lot of costs. But again, these stocks are cheap. So those who are just saying, you know what, there's nothing cheap in this market, open your eyes. Goldman Sachs sells at six times earnings. (laughs) And I got to tell you, both Goldman and Sachs can't be that happy with it. They're no longer since past. But uh, I just think, well, wait a second. That's not yep. expensive. And there are some software companies. By the way, the most expensive stock in the market is actually what I'm going to recommend, which is Snowflake. 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 It's the most expensive stock in the market. We're going to get to software in a second. Really quick, at the big board, a newly appointed chairman of the board of directors for the NYSE, Sharon Bowen, ringing the bell. And at the NASDAQ, WW International kicking off uh, the new year. I am curious about your software reviews, Jim. Goldman's got some picks today, Microsoft and CRM. Well, you know, I read that and I said, Oh, man, come on. I'm so bored. Now, boring is not a way to think about investment strategy. My charitable trust owns both. But, I mean, is that it? I mean, I could have said that five years ago. I mean, I'm waiting. Like, today's semis, what are they like? They're like NVIDIA, and they like AMD, and they're like Intel. I, but you cannot criticize an analyst for boring us. Because sometimes boring makes you money. Yeah. You do wish they were a little more creative, but the companies aren't surfacing. I mean, David, the Goldman call on chips was the barbell. So right. secular growth, high multiple AMD, and then cyclical growth, uh, low multiple Micron. Uh, I think on semis in there, Jim. Yeah, what up? Yeah. Yep. yeah, well, Jim made an interesting point when he was talking about Tesla, talking about how NVIDIA has never been cheap, but of course has continued to perform incredibly well, justifying what people were paying when it was expensive 100, 200, and 300 points ago, Jim. Um, you know, on AMD, I would note, still waiting for the Xilinx. Uh, thought it might be year-end. It won't be. They have to refile Hart Scott as of the 11th of this January. It's China they're waiting for. China antitrust approval still hasn't come for that deal, Jim. Yeah, I, a lot of people think that that deal is going to be terrific because what happened is you've got Xilinx, very low multiple situation, but it's got an industrial and it's got telco. And that's what advanced micro has lacked. In the same way, David, remember when, uh, and it's still supposed to be happening, NVIDIA buying ARM, which was going to give them uh, telco cell phone. But that seems to be a little stillborn. Yeah, that seems less likely, far less likely to actually occur than does this deal, where you were just waiting for SAM or the antitrust 
uh, 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 regulatory agency in China to, uh, to get to the deal and finally approve it, which is still expected. But again, you could have a bit of a delay because if it doesn't come before the 11th of January, they got to refile Hart Scott, which again shouldn't be a risk. But that's why they're sort of just saying, broadly speaking, for AMD Xilinx, uh, first quarter. For NVIDIA Arm, Jim, I, I wouldn't give you any predictions there other than to say it's a tough road and they seem to be the only people still who believe they've got a chance. Well, NVIDIA is really going to be a story about waste and cutting back waste. That's, that's what Jensen Wong says. When you have a digital twin, you don't have to shut down your factory line. You can take a look and decide what needs to be changed, what's being wasted. And uh, David, Jensen feels very strongly that, uh, obviously he's one of these people correctly, I think, that the planet uh, needs to cut back waste. It's one of the things he wants to do, the digital twin and the avatars. It's going to be the year for them and the year for Meta. Uh, and I, I think the Meta Platforms company chronically under, uh, uh, underestimated because people don't understand it. I think I think that we have a big education problem, teacher shortage. Well, that can be solved, solved David, by, by Meta, by what, uh, by what Zuckerberg wants to do. Uh, when I look at all the labor shortages, believe me, the labor shortages, j please listen, the labor shortages could be cured by Jensen Wong. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but a stock does not get to be $800 billion because it's developed gaming chips. They also, by the way, do not believe in Moore's Law, which was smart because Moore's Law is out of date. I'm sorry, Pat. Pat Gelsinger. But, David, Moore's Law is an inhibiting factor to Intel, but not to NVIDIA. Right. Of course, we're referring back to Gordon Moore um, and Mr. Gelsinger, who runs Intel. Uh, yeah, all that may be the case. I still am not quite sure about the idea of Mark Zuckerberg being involved in any way with the education of anybody's children. Uh, and I do understand <laughs> That's what you're saying. I do understand That's what untrue. you're saying, Jim. I know. That's untrue. Okay. That why? is untrue personally. Personally. Personally, what? What do you mean? He's been involved in educating your children? What, what, what are you saying? No, no, I. I, I, I talk to him. I, yeah, I, I know you do. You educate him. I didn't say that was a bad thing. No, I, I think it's really trying to get him to emphasize I just, that. the whole idea of classes being, uh, it, listen again, I come Will back to Meta. Stop? The meta well, how works. can I stop? Really? You think it's going to end well? Because, you really do? That's going to end well? the man is not some sort of evil incarnate. He's not the Grim Reaper. He's not the appointment in Samara. Hmm. He's a very, very powerful human being. Let's just leave it at that. Well, he's not the Sith Lord, man. Not yet. He's a guy. He's got some good ideas. He's just a guy with a metaverse. He's got a dream. <laughs> just yeah. a man in his I'm metaverse. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. 2022 could be a year where teaching is going to... I'm looking at Carl because you're too skeptical. You're, you're, you're on the hunt for case studies when it comes to metaverse. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. I mean, look, the avatars are going to, I think, going to solve the problem of the additional person that Wendy's needs, uh, that McDonald's needs. That's why those stocks are buys. Because now they haven't called Jensen. Like, Jensen says, why haven't they called me? Well, I, I think they haven't called him because they don't know that Jensen is like a great guy and they think that I'm crazy. Um, well, you know, there's... I, Whatever, empirically. But I do think that, that the avatar works. And why haven't they called him? Because they have their ostriches. Speaking of um, uh, technology rollout, David, do we want to touch on uh, T and VZ on this 5G delay? You know, I, I don't know uh, enough about the broader issues, uh, Carl, beyond obviously what we've all read in terms of sort of the fact that AT&T and, and Verizon are saying no thank you. Uh, to the FAA, and, and it may, in fact, you know, mean that there could be some 
delays in terms of uh, with airlines. But um, it has to do with the spectrum in question here. They're not backing off. They want to launch their 5G services. Uh, and that's kind of where that dispute stands right now. Um, we all know it was a very difficult year. We mentioned it many times for many of these stocks, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, all of which are quite competitive right now in terms of uh, using their networks and or uh, offering all sorts of different potential discounts, whether it's on the devices or simply on the plans themselves. And we've seen significant competition from the likes of Spectrum, that's the charter offering, and our own parent company, Comcast, which are using their MVNOs to compete quite effectively, it would seem, to a certain extent, although still quite small percentage-wise in terms of market share, with the big players. I mean, Jim, if you watch any football, you can't get away from those Spectrum ads. Uh, and that's Verizon's network. They have a perpetual ability to use, and they're selling it an awfully, awfully lot cheaper than Verizon is. Well, we haven't even mentioned Apple yet. And Apple, there's a Wedbush note that could be 12 million units short. When I watch the T-Mobile ads, I just say, you know, there's a guy say, hey, and here's $1,000. I mean, I don't know. Carl's pretty compelling get a $1,000 phone. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, discussion is the Webbush note uh, on the s- demand outstripping supply. They keep their 200 target. Some uh, pieces about the coming year, roll it, re- recharging the phone line, right. and the uh, and the even AirPods, things like that. Max, yeah, look, I I have the watch, um, and there's an ad. I saw it. You know, my friend Laura Coniglia was in a terrible accident. She was the head of tech one oh, time. You at mean Goldman. the Apple? Yeah, 911 and she got ad. sent to the right hospital by her terrific daughter Allison. And the the 911 ad was the best ad that I saw yesterday because. What people are doing is they literally are talking into their cell phone and talking into their watch and getting rescued. Everyone got rescued in that ad. That ad was like a, better than NCI and all those other things, those shows that people were. What are those shows? Who watches them? I guess if you're in quarantine. But it's very clear that people are talking into their watch and they're living, David, and that's positive. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm putting that in the positive category. Uh, I won't dispute that. It was positive. I saw that same ad. And uh, yes, What'd agreed. You think? Oh, very effective. Was right when, Zuckerberg and then also like Rob, Rob Lowe is, is also saving people from the ice. I don't know if you guys saw him. He's got wearing that nice he, hat. He never ages. He looks amazing. He, and he's out he there saving be, people from like, the ice. He's workmanlike. Yeah. Right? I mean, does he get up every day and say, listen, I'm going to make 10 million this year, so I'm just going to knock off a couple of shows? I guess so. I mean, some of these things. I, you know, Carl, when we watch football, okay, we're exposed to a lot of ads. And we say, oh, the F-150, it lights up your house. Oh, Ram, they're tough, <laughs> and they're right. doing something for cancer. I mean, it's like I, I know more about America from those ads. I, I, it's just incredible how, like, the more time outs, it's like, oh, my God. The, the, there is no problem with the ad market right now. No. Guys. Uh, it sort of reminds me of um, digital advertising. I'm seeing booking this morning, Jim, booking holdings higher than before Thanksgiving, as some of these travel-related names are hanging in there. Cruise lines uh, up 3% this morning, even, even the, after the... The CDC says, if you cruise, you're crazy. Thank you, CDC, for coming up with something that was really would have been very pertinent in February of uh, 2020. Oh, now they tell us. I mean, look, if you talk to Frank Del Rio, who runs uh, Norwegian Cruise, David, he has a very profound view. And he goes, look, Omicron's everywhere. What are we supposed to do? I mean, it is. It is. Omicron's down the street. Omicron's in your... It's like the invasion of the body snatchers. (laughs) It's everywhere. (laughs) It's everywhere, and hopefully it will uh, spread very quickly and not cause us nearly as much problems. Although, again, we don't want to, you know, forget their hospitalizations are up. Um, But thankfully, ICU admissions are really nowhere near, nowhere near 
the percentage increase. Jim, back to our previous conversation at the beginning of the show, which is what do you do if you're a business? What do you do if you're a school? How do you approach this? Should you have very different protocols than you had a year ago, given so many people now are vaccinated? A year ago at this time, guys, hardly anybody was vaccinated. Uh, so, yeah, you, you took us back to COVID, Jim, um, but at least right. we got some stocks in there. Well, David, look, I mean, the big issue here, and I know I'm going to view this for uh, 2022. It's my, one of my resolutions. I don't care if you don't get vaccinated. I'm done. I am done begging people to get vaccinated. People are so sick of me doing I'm done. I'm done. Knock yourself out. I'll see you in the playoffs. <laughs> Diminishing returns on yeah. convincing and people. People hate you. Yep, yep. Oh, man, that guy is a, that guy's a communist. He wants us to get back. No, I'm done with that, too. I ain't no communist. Yeah. It does remind us of Twitter, of course, uh, permanently suspending the account of uh, Congresswoman uh, uh, Andre Taylor Greene on COVID misinformation, Jim. Yeah. That's going to get interesting as Twitter's down about a percent. I also wanted to get you on Regeneron. We talked about COVID. Uh, Bernstein ups it today on the idea that the updated cocktail will create some revenue beats in the year ahead. Well, maybe so right now. It, that would be great. The Omicron, the Glenn Schleifer came out and said, listen, it's not effective. And one of the things that's amazing is I couldn't believe that stock sells at nine times earnings. How the heck did that happen? One of the great growth engines. Again, pharma is cheap. A lot of people think pharma is cheap, David, because the reconciliation bill basically says that there are a lot of things that people are making a lot of money off of that they will not make a lot of money off of. I don't know where you are on on Medicare being able to negotiate drugs, David, but it still is an overhang. Yeah, it does. Um... And that is an important point you you raise in terms of Medicare. Uh, And, uh, you know, that uh, again, we're dealing there with Biogen, an important decision going to be coming in terms of whether it's going to be covered. I know how you feel about their Alzheimer's drug. And I would say it's not particularly positive. You don't have Alzheimer's. Um, But you can take a look, Jim, at at the at the companies that we most associate, of course, with the vaccines. Pfizer had a great 2021 as a stock. Moderna as well. Both are down rather sharply right now. And you see some of the other names also that are uh, the vaccine makers all getting pressured. I would converse, uh, take a look on the other side of that with, let's call it the bank group, guys, which is up rather sharply. Um, Jim, with all the names up over, I got them all up at least almost 2% other than J.P. Morgan. Well, people are looking for something cheap, and they're finding it. Uh, my chapel trust owns Morgan Stanley. I mean, I don't know. Own 12, 13 times earnings seems crazy. I mentioned Goldman six times earnings. I think Pfizer remains very cheap because I think that they, I mean, Pfizer's a great company. You know, Carl, Pfizer was not a great company for a very long time. And they got rid of their generic stuff, which is a company that's, created a company that's just awful and uh, one of the worst performers out there. And I, I look at Pfizer and say, you know what, I would still own Pfizer. I think it's really a great company. I want to go back on Biogen. What I'm saying is any company where all the doctors I know said you shouldn't approve it and the FDA approves it. Well, that's strange. And we would ask for an investigation if any company did that. If any other end of the government did that, NIH, CDC, FDA, they all act as if they are some sort of private companies that we don't have no scrutiny. The FDA in particular has no scrutiny. Wow. Speaking of which, FDA has expanded the booster, the Pfizer booster for kids as young as 12 now. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, final, the final hurdle is still to come. But we do right. have that news, which was expected today. How about the 10 to 5 days, Carl? What was that? It's like, hey. Five. How about three and a half? Yeah. How about six? Fog of war, like yeah. we said. And David, one of the things that's really bothering me yeah. is that no one has any authority. 
I mean, NIH, you got Fauci. Two years into this, we still have three different parts of the government speaking. We have no idea what the FDA says. Uh, no, where's the Pfizer pill? We don't know. They're like doing it in Germany. Someone asked me, can, how do you find the Pfizer pill? And I said, well, if you're rich. There's not a lot of Paxlovid around right now, the antiviral that you're talking about. It will. They are going to ramp up supply very quickly. Uh, Merck's molnupiravir is in more abundance. It is still effective uh, and doesn't have, uh, you know, nearly the drug interaction problem that Paxlovid does. At the same time, as you know, Paxlovid had a much higher rate of efficacy. But they'll be here pretty soon uh, in, in much greater quantities, Jim, which will be important. Well, that's, which will be yeah, important. that's going to be the end. That's the end. That's that's what Gottlieb essentially argued. Yeah. I love Gottlieb. By the way, Gottlieb's on the board of uh, Pfizer he is. and Illumina, which are two great. I'm going to say this right now. We, we heard that. You just should have bought those two stocks. The greatest picks ever were when he kept telling you Pfizer and Illumina. I mean, wake up and smell the coffee. This Illumina has this, this incredible test that can detect cancer. I wish he had just said, listen, I'm on the boards of two companies you ought to own. But that was <laughs> never his style. <laughs> never. Too bad. Those were winners. <laughs> Guys, we're in a familiar range here, just south of 4,800. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob. Hello, guys, and happy 2022. Great start. And remember, a lot of the world's closed. London's closed. Australia's closed. Mainland China's closed. The U.S. bond market. So uh, off to a great start, but sort of moving by ourselves. Take a look. Just shy of new highs on the S&P, but the semiconductor ETF is also just shy of a new high. Uh, banks are starting strong as well. So there's two big sectors uh, starting. But some of the more cyclical groups, the energy industrials lagging, uh, defensive groups like consumer staples lagging. So once again, it's tech and a little bit of banks uh, that are dominating the market. Uh, if you take a look at the big tech movers right now, you can see uh, AMD, Marvel, Micron moving. Uh, these are all Goldman top picks, by the way, for 2022. Microsoft's up, Salesforce uh, also up. It's a tech-dominated market once again. In fact, the whole weekend was dominated about the tech bulls versus the world, essentially. A lot of the bears are arguing this is the year for value to finally shine. The bulls are saying the tech and earnings and revenues are still going to be great in 2022. They're still going to blow out. The bears are saying this is it. The Fed's actions are finally going to slow down the enormous uh, technology slash growth uh, juggernaut that's existed for the last 10, 12, 13 years here. And remember something, uh, these numbers, we've never seen uh, growth outperform like this in the last 10 years, but particularly the last five years. So I'm going back to 2009 just to show you the S&P is up over 400 percent since 2009, since the Fed really started getting aggressive uh, with the great financial crisis. Uh, growth, which is mostly tech now, is up more than 600 percent in that time period. Now, this is 13 years. Value, which is mostly banks, energy, pharmaceuticals, only up a little more than 200 percent. These are amazing uh, differences. Historically, value has outperformed growth, but not this decade, not in the last decade, and certainly not in the last five years. So the debate is along these lines that the Fed is finally going to slow that growth juggernaut. But a lot of the bulls, they're still very aggressive. Uh, Dan Ives is one of the big bulls out there on technology. He came out over the weekend, his 2022 prediction, it's going to be tech again. Revenue growth is going to significantly exceed the 10% street expectations. Uh, tech stocks as a price, prices will be up 20%. Uh, in 2022, the chip shortages will ease in the first half of the year. So he's very aggressive. And most of the tech people that I follow, they're equally aggressive on this. The big argument for the bears is the tech valuations are crazy and the Federal Reserve is going to be more aggressive. This historically has stopped 
growth advancement. He says, and this is a quote from him, while tech valuations appear stretched to many on the street, importantly, the growth prospects around cloud, cybersecurity, 5G are unparalleled. These are his words, unparalleled to any period of time we've experienced since covering tech stocks uh, in 2000. So with all of that said, I think the important thing is the setup overall for 2022 for earnings is terrific right now. There's very little margin erosion we saw in the fourth quarter. We're still 12% or so margins. That's quite good. Corporations still have a lot of pricing power. Uh, and if you look at the profit swings for the S&P 500, they'll make your head spin. But the bottom line is we are still at historic highs. We were down 15% in 2020. We were up almost 50% in 2021. And the estimates are 10%. And I'll tell you uh, what the numbers are. Over the weekend, there were people who are still saying, Carl, we're not going to do 10%. There are many, many people that have 15% and even 20% projections for 2022 based largely on tech outperforming again. So there's the, the fault line. Is, is tech going to continue to to outperform and dominate the stock market or other parts of the market like value finally going to come to the fore. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Thanks a lot, uh, Bob Bassani. I uh, got some manufacturing PMI a few moments ago. Uh, 57.7 is below estimates, and it is the lowest in 12 months. We did see equities take a short tumble on that news. Uh, take a look at the uh, tenure as well and the uh, the bond market. As uh, We got uh, bonds close today, but um, 1586 and ten, uh, two years, close to 80 basis points. That's the highest level since March of 2020. Be right back. Well, Bob Iger begins the new year no longer as the uh, chairman of a company he was associated with for over 47 years. You may recall a couple of weeks back, we sat down for a long, detailed, in-depth interview about his career and about the future for Disney. It is now available for all. Uh, it had been behind our so-called paywall for the last week, uh, no longer. Uh, anyone who wants to watch it, and by the way, thanks to all those people on Twitter who've, uh, who've praised the interview, very much appreciated. And anybody who wants to watch it can now do so. We're back right this. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? At the beginning of the year, I like to review the S&P 500, and then I do the NASDAQ, and then I do the Dow through the week about what can and what can't repeat, what's down too much, what's up too much. It's something I do every year, and I really get a kick out of been working on it. I was able to work on it during, um, there was a big victory yesterday, uh, being the Eagles, and then I turned TV off. There was nothing more to watch. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And it's great to have you back to, on set. Seriani yes. to Howie Rose. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.